Hey everybody, this is Chad Daniels, and hi, I'm going to be at Cap City in Austin, Texas, July 24th through the 27th. I'm also going to be at the Rochester something County Fair. I'm going to be hanging out. the fair. I'm going to be hanging out with my buddy Tom Segura. Imagine going to the fair in outstate Minnesota and getting to see you and Tom Segura. That's nuts. What a fun. fun! What a fun ordeal! It's going to be fun. Also, uh, hey guys, thank you so much for listening. The show is growing. We appreciate you, and I just wanted to say that. Just tell everybody. Just keep telling people. Be like, hey, it would be this nice. show. Just tell them, and then they'll listen. And some of them will be like, "That was great," and other ones will be like, "Hey, fuck you! I didn't like yeah. that." I know nobody wants homework, but what if you guys just told two people? Two of your friends, but can I can I make a request? Yeah. Two of your cool friends. Cool friends, please. We don't need any human resource friends here. Yeah, like uh, you know, people that are gonna think when I talk about my dad being dead, that's funny. Yes, we want the funny. They're like, ah ha ha ha! Your father is no more. Those types. Well, yeah, and then but then because they realize he's he's taken identities from several people. Yeah. So it's probably and best. Therefore is probably alive. Anyway, tell everybody and uh let's 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 keep this show a growing. I agree. Two friends. Easy assignment. Simple assignment. And now we're gonna start the show. Yeah, as two friends. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a dunce. Hey everybody, this is Chad Daniels. Across from me today is Siagra Amundsen. Incorrect. And, and in the <laughs> and in the corner is Hay Bales. Hay Bales. Hay Bales. Hay Bales. I don't have anything clever to say about Hay Bales today at all. I don't either. I mean, you're looking great. You're always uh you're always the first one in. He's got a little tan to him. He's got a little tan. What have you been doing, Hey Bales? Why are you why are you tan? That's right. We didn't give you a microphone. Eat your own dick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what a big what a nice setup. Uh hey, can I tell you that for those who don't know where we record, which is everybody, uh right. we're in a building. And in the basement of this building, there's a gym. And I use that from time to time when we're here. And there's this thing. It's on the first floor. It's on the first floor. Yeah, because when you say basement, it seems very... Very dungy, very prison-like. Yes, it's, it's, it, it, it definitely is in a basement. That was an incorrect description. And you know there, what? Hey, you're getting better at admitting you're wrong. Good hey, job. Do not start with me. So Also, I am, your, voice, your voice sounds different this week because last week it was kind of like this. So I was wondering what. The, I was down in that gym. You've seen the gym. It's big windows, and there's a sidewalk in front of it. And I don't know what's happening uh, the last like four or five times I've been in there, a the same group of like four or five adults have driven by the window <laughs> on bicycles, but they're not. I and I don't. They're they're like a normal bicycle and the bicycle part, but then the seat and the pedals and the handlebars are like six feet up in the air. 
Somebody told me they're called tall bikes. They look idiotic. And I don't, I, I started like this morning, I was like, am I having, am, am I like, am I having a breakdown here? Is that what's, ha- how am I seeing these same people on these tall bikes? Are they just driving back and forth in front of the windows to fuck with people? <laughs> and while I was in there, I looked at a lady who was in the gym and I go, who the fuck are these clowns? Which is a has to be a horrifying thing for her to hear from a stranger. <laughs> exactly. I, I didn't go, I've seen these guys a bunch of times. I just went, who the fuck are these clowns? And Especially because she, she has earbuds in and she just can only see your face being super angry at her. <laughs> she didn't even respond. They're wearing like leather vests and like leather train conductor hats. Curly and mustaches. I I they definitely have facial hair, but I can only okay. see them from the side. But I I know I'm all for people doing whatever makes them happy, but I don't know why I have this hatred inside me for unique transportation. But I do. <laughs> if I see somebody on a unicycle, I want to hit them with my car. Uh, and I and I won't, but I pedal pubs, dude, fuck pedal pubs. I don't understand how pe- – you, you can't leave a restaurant with half of a beer in your glass without having the restaurant staff, a street cop, and every other patron be like, hey, you can't do that. But somehow we have a bunch of middle management dickheads named Jeff pedaling a mega bike around, getting ripped <laughs> off their asses while they're all wearing, like, funny hats, and everybody's like, yeah, it's legal now. There's 60 cars behind them. I don't understand it, man. I don't these these scooters, the bird scooters and fucking the I don't know. I, I, I gotta I tell that, you something. That was a lot. I know that was a lot to start the show, but I don't uh, understand it. I was gonna add some opinions and stuff, but it was so funny watching you full on stroke <laughs> that that I didn't even bother because the momentum I noticed a couple times you were gaining momentum and then I threw in like curly mustache and it calmed you back down. And so then I stopped doing that because I only wanted you uh, to just fall off a cliff. It was fantastic to watch. You know, you can hit a unicycle because it's always their fault. That's true. That's like uh, if you read like progressive insurance, if you read their bylaws and stuff, it's always a unicycle's fault. Also, you know what's fun, and I never notice this in our personal conversations, but I definitely notice it uh, on the podcast, uh-huh. is I get excited anytime you say the word adult because I know you're about to shit on a group of human beings. Because <laughs> you'll go like, and adults were riding by. I go, uh-oh, here we go. <laughs> this is cut. It's because your shit. My the my nephew Ethan lives on like the top floor of a building in uh, near the University of Minnesota. And last winter, there was a guy riding by their window, winter time, on a unicycle, and they all went out onto the balcony to boo the guy. Fat tire, is, big tire. I I couldn't big tell. Big winter tire. It must have been. I couldn't tell. I got yelled that there's a guy that has an, an electric bike. So it's like once you pedal enough, you can use the battery. Yes, like and, that's like the old school moped. Yeah, and he's an old he's an old guy, and he yelled at me one day for raking grass clippings onto the street. <laughs> and so every day he drives by, I can hear him coming from like a block away because it goes. <laughs> and so every day I hear him coming, I go out and wave 
hoping that it's the day he takes one hand off the handlebars and eats shit. <laughs> because don't yell at me for I'm raking. Because you know what I do? Then I sweep them up afterwards. It's easier to sweep off of concrete than it is to rake and get all of it. So you're this old man's yelling at me for being an old man. It's ridiculous. So... I understand that transportation, uh, unique transportation makes you mad. What about uh, full-blown racists? Hate them. Hate them. Okay. Especially okay. if they're on a bike that is six feet taller in the air than it should be. <laughs> Look at me. I'm a white man on top of the world. <laughs> Twisting his mustache. Oh, my pedals are higher than yours. <laughs> Why are these our racist voices? <laughs> I don't know, but it's it's a lot better than your go-to, which is Southern accent always. So I like the fact, listen, I like the fact that we went straight up magician from the 1800s. Yeah. Ooh, look at me. I make the black people disappear. Ooh, look at my crispy white skin floating above yours. <laughs> All right. So you got to hear. So I'm in a diner. And minding my business. First of all, I've already been in an Diner, argument. home to racism. Keep going. I'm, I'm already. <laughs> that actually should be the sign outside. So I'm in this. I'm already full of piss and vinegar because I'm at the golf course and I hear some people talking about how stupid Colin Kaepernick is and how big of an idiot he is. Now, I understand everyone has opinions about this. Everyone listening has different opinions about this. I understand all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. All I'm saying is you are allowed as a black person that is in the spotlight to peacefully protest. That's you get that's your right, right? And when you bring up soldiers, soldiers went overseas to fight for those rights. That's all I'm saying. Okay? And so I get in an argument with a guy and he sends me a meme about it's it's Colin Kaepernick it's a picture of him and uh and the meme in the first four lines has two grammatical errors so I'm like yep this seems right freeze I like did he send it to you days later I like the fact that you got in the the argument on the golf course and then he teed off pulled his phone out and like I'll fucking show him and said no no no, yeah days later okay days later after the fourth after we've had some time to see flags flying he yeah. sends me another one, a meme about how Betsy Ross made the flag. Betsy Ross was a Quaker. Quakers were abolitionists, and they helped with the Underground Railroad. So any black person that has a problem with the flag doesn't understand it. Okay. Cool. So, and here's the thing. I like this guy. Okay. As a human being, he's a yep. father. I know as I I like him. We've yep. been we've been partners during golf. So when this came up, I really I think that's why I went into attack mode so hard is because it's like, hey man, I respect everyone's opinion, but yours is wrong. I'm like, <laughs> and and here's here's what gets me in trouble. You know when you hear like stories about kids that have uh, they learn lessons, it's mm-hmm. always when they're super young. Right. It's always like, well, when I was in first grade, I learned a lesson about this. And you never hear like, uh, I learned that lesson when I was 77. Like people are pretty (laughs) stuck in their ways by that time. Yeah. So I was in a class once in third grade 
And I was the only one that got a question right because the wording was super weird and everybody was trying to talk me out of my answer. And I go, you guys are wrong. And then the teacher came in and read the right answer and I was right. And I made individual, specific, three-second eye contact with every <laughs> different person at the table. And that was the worst day of my life because once you're told, above all else, that you are right in a group of people that thought you were wrong, well, you're right for the rest of your life. And that's gotten me in a lot of trouble. Because now I think in my head, I'm not even listening to this guy. He's talking and I, I'm just, you know what I'm doing? As he's talking, I'm waiting for his mouth to stop so I can unload the things I've been thinking about. Because, because I'm right. I was told several years ago in third grade, while a girl sat next to me and pissed her pants because she didn't want to miss out on her computer time because computer times were big. She didn't want to waste her time walking to the bathroom and taking care of that. So she pissed on the chair and I watched it fall over the edge of the chair onto the floor <laughs> wondering what's she doing. Doesn't matter. I'm right. The teacher told me I was right. So cut to 44 years old on a golf course. I'm not listening. Chirp, chirp, chirp. I am dialed in because I'm always right. So he's talking about this and that and this and that. And I, say, I, I come over the top and I say, this is ridiculous. There's no way. And he goes, he keeps saying, I know. And I go, there's no possible way you could know. No one in this area of the country can know what it's like to be a black guy that gets pulled over because we're all white guys. It's, it's the majority in this area of the country. It's all white. And so he sends me this meme. I send him back. I know you're more intelligent than arguing with memes. And then uh, I say to him, um, like there in the first four lines, there are two grammatical errors. So let's cut that. And I said, the fact that you're using one person that made a flag to make an argument about everyone in a country in which the flag flies over is ridiculous. That's like saying, well, Ava Braun, Hitler's girlfriend, was Jewish. So obviously he didn't really hate Jewish people, right? <laughs> I mean, it's absurd. And so then I ended it with, I'll see you Tuesday. And he wrote back, love you. So I'm excited. It rained. So I'm excited to see what happens. I'm very excited to see what happens after this. So I'm full of piss and vinegar. So I like that. Uh, hey, Bales. I like that this was, this was the preamble to the thing, I didn't know that when we sent our, our, our sentences back and forth, this wasn't even, it was something about a diner. And I didn't know I was going to say this either. This was the pre, <laughs> this was the, this was the prequel to the diner. Okay. Now uh, yeah. you're full of, you're full of, as an old man would say, piss and vinegar. There is a bee in my bonnet. <laughs> I tried to think of another really old man saying, and guess what? I think I did. I think I did it. That's pretty old. That's his, well. his britches are in a bundle, Justin. <laughs> so, um, so I go into the diner. Chad's about to make one of these fellas faces look all kitty wampus. So <laughs> I go into this diner and, uh, <laughs> this guy, Across, he's like, so we're in booths, but yep. I can see him because he's in front of me and okay. my friend's in front of me and his friend's in front of him. They're back to back and I can yeah. see his face. Yep. And he holds up a comb, right? 
Like out of his a pocket. Comb, the, not a brush, a comb. A comb, one of those little combs. He, he's carrying a comb with him? Is he auditioning for Grease? No, no, no. This is, he's in a diner. Yeah, I understand. Why does he have a comb? Because that's like the ID check. You have to have a comb to get into a diner. How old is this man? Uh, he's not much older than I am. And he's carrying a comb? Dude, hold on. Listen to why he has the comb. I, I know, bet but you, I bet you it's not to comb his hair. I bet you it's is just it an, for this. Oh, no. Is it an anal comb? <laughs> yes. He, he, goes, he goes, hey, uh, I don't know if you've heard this new instrument. It's called, uh, you heard of the mouth harp? This is called a butt comb. And he pulls it out and he goes. <laughs> it's pretty good. So, okay, so uh, he pulls the comb out. Sorry. He hold, that's okay. He holds the comb upside down and he goes, what's this? To you? And, no, no, no. Okay. And so, and here, this blew my mind. In my head, I thought a comb. <laughs> and at the exact same time, his buddy goes, a comb. It's like <laughs> I sent him the answer with my mind. And who knows? Maybe I did. I was right in third grade. We don't know. Maybe I like, my, the, I like the idea that you're just a booth away playing some weird hillbilly version of like, Diner booth price is right. It's like the $25,000 pyramid. What's this? Oh, I want to say shoe, but I'm going to go with boot. <laughs> I sure hope somebody sends me the answer. <laughs> so I said comb. He said comb as I was thinking comb. And so it took me a while to gather myself because I was like, that's incredible. So he's across the, and, and he goes, it's a canoe full of Ethiopians. Oh, fucking A. What? That's what he said. What a piece of shit. Yeah, hold on, though. So okay. now it, it gets intense. So now there's... It gets intense? Yeah. Okay. So, now, so he says this, and I have a mouthful of food, but my body has shut down. Yeah. I can't, I can't swallow my food yet because I'm like all my brain power is thinking about, like, where do we hide the body? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So this one guy at the table, he goes, uh, so he starts, he goes, oh, that's that's horrible, man. So one of one of the guys that I can Hero. also see, there's, there's four people. Okay. One of the guys that I can also see face-to-face, -face, he goes, that's funny. That's funny. Right? And I go, like, all right. Like saying it like, fuck you, that's not funny? Exactly, right. Gotcha. So then there's a guy I can't see who's like turning his head a lot. I'm assuming to check for Ethiopians. For looking for Ethiopians, yeah. Right. Then he goes, oh, that's bad. That's horrible. That's so bad. I also heard this one. And he tells like another Ethiopian joke. So now I have a The bigger... guy who said that's bad? Exactly. So now I have a bigger problem because With... this is a guy, this is like a hidden dude that starts going, you know, he's like, oh, that's bad. Did everyone hear me say that's bad? Now here's my joke. I didn't care for it. What a piece of shit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I because there, there were a lot of those jokes going around in like the 80s or some shit. Is this one of those rare stories before I detour here? Is this one of those rare stories that uh, has a lot of like Chad's piss and vinegar lead up, but then you walked away from it? Is this kind of where it ends? Because after the- Oh, no, I didn't walk away from it. Okay, well, go on. Why don't you go on? 
Well, I was just going to say, so this guy's like doing all these, you know, all these other jokes. And so when we leave, I went to the table and I said, I got, I got to tell you, uh, pretty disappointed with the level of humor at this table. Uh, you know, all this stuff I go, those jokes are from the eighties. First of all, when America first heard of Ethiopia, I mean, that's like, there there was a a huge famine. And so the majority of our country hadn't even heard of that, that country before. Yeah. And so, and so then I go and, and I go, I'm pretty sure like Ethiopia is a desert and there aren't even rivers. Why would they have a canoe? (laughs) And I go, but I can't confirm that. I go, what I do know for sure is that Canada has a queen. And then I turned around. I did. I said that. And they were like, what? I go, yeah, for sure they do. That I know. You projecting other arguments? Yes. Well, because it's like, (laughs) as soon as I said, I don't think Ethiopia has rivers, I was like, I bet they do. And then in my head, I was like, think of something you really know. (laughs) You got to think of something that you know for sure. So even if they don't look up the Ethiopian thing, they look up the queen thing and they're like, well, that guy's right. You know, that's the yeah, guy who's right. Absolutely. But, I, but I, <laughs> he, he must have gotten something right in third grade. <laughs> um, so I will tell you for sure that uh, there are a lot of rivers in Ethiopia. I looked it up before <laughs> I got to my car. I looked it up before I got to my car. And I was like, the joke makes sense. But... Still it's disgusting. Still super, super disgusting. And I, and I'm not done. I'm sorry to interrupt you again. It was a green comb. <laughs> so it was like, it was so inaccurate. It was like, do you mean Ethiopians that cover themselves in moss? What are you talking about? <laughs> are these teenage mutant ninja Ethiopians? <laughs> and I, I find that you can't. The only thing you can do with people like that is because the moment you enter any emotion into the conversation where you're like, you're a fucking asshole, immediately their response to that is they respond to your emotions rather than the information. So you being like, I got to be honest, the humor at this table is disgusting. It's the only thing you can do because if you give someone like that any ammunition emotionally, they get the opportunity to respond to your emotion rather than the actual information. Yeah. You don't, you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to light the fuse because, and I, and I learned this in, uh, in therapy that there is a, (laughs) there is an intelligence quotient, right? IQ. Yep. And there is an emotional quotient, which means yes, there is. can EQ. you yes, can you take the emotions out of it and listen to words, or or can you take the words out of it and listen to someone's emotions? Because someone can be telling you something, but reading their face, you know, they're they're like, I'm having a great day, but on their face, there's like a lot of pain in the eyes. It's like, mm-hmm. can you deal with that and and get to the bottom of what's actually happening? So yes. So I do try. I mean, listen, I've told a lot of that stories. That was on the most. That was the most divorce <laughs> sentence you've ever said to me. What was that IQ EQ sentence? That wasn't even from divorce. I know, but oh, it it was. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure it was. <laughs> I love how I'm like, it isn't. <laughs> it is not. Stop. I, I've heard a joke like that, too. My sister, Emily, who you have met. She's uh, lovely. She is fantastic. Uh, beautiful woman, smart woman, a funny woman. All also, of it. Ha- 
has this long history of dating like guys who some of them like part of them you're like you're great and then part of them you're like that's a weird thing like she dated this awesome guy when she was younger who also no shit looked exactly like kenny g like really exactly like you would she would show up and you'd be like it's Kenny G. To this day, our family refers to him as Kenny G. She I doesn't love it. I can't wait until I see her next <laughs> to talk to her about this. She and it's she dated a man who for a while who was an adult paperboy. Okay. Wait, and she's by the way, she, she's she's in her You said adult in, again, and I knew a great <laughs> word was coming at the bottom of it. <laughs> So, so great. She, but uh, she dated a guy that would always, whenever he'd come around, he, and she's about uh, 13 years older than me, right? Yep. So she would dated this guy that when we were kids, he would come around and he'd always tell us jokes. And I love jokes as a kid. And he would always do the no arms, no legs. Like, what do you call a guy with no arms and no legs in a hole? Phil? Like, jokes like that, right? And as a little kid, okay. you're like, Phil, that's great. Sure. And... Then one day we were like 12 years old, my friends and I, and we're outside and he's making a few jokes and he ends with this one. He stretches his skin against his throat to show his Adam's apple. And he goes, what do you call this? And he goes, Ethiopian with an M&M stuck in its throat. And then he asked. That's the joke the guy said at the diner. That's the, I swear to you. He goes, oh, that's bad, you guys. That's bad. But what's this? Oh, fuck that dude. For real? That's what he said. What a hack, first of all. But this guy, I remember he did that, and he walked away, and as 12-year-old boys, we looked at each other, and we were like, fuck that dude. Like, even as 12-year-olds, we knew that. But I I do have to tell you, because I just made fun of my sister's dating history, I want to tell you the story of, because you've met her husband, John. Yeah, he's Um, wonderful, too, but I'd like to get back to this Kenny G thing. Did you know <laughs> Did you know Kenny G like has a record for playing the longest continuous note because he can breathe in through his nose and out through his mouth at the same time? If this is a oral sex joke about my sister, I'm going to be really mad. <laughs> oh my god. Why <laughs> you're disgusting. I know you. I've known you for so long. Are I you would- trying to tell me that's where you weren't going with this? I wasn't, but I am now <laughs> because I know, I know her and I know her husband. I wouldn't say that on our podcast, you weirdo. I, you absolutely would. Absolutely not. How long do you think that guy ate her pussy? <laughs> I'm obviously kidding, but I, I honestly wasn't going to do that. I just think that's fascinating to me. I want to tell you the story of when I met her because I'm really lucky. All my siblings, significant others are really great. When we first met John, her husband, he's funny, he's intelligent, he's interesting, and he also happens to be, uh, he is smaller in stature. He's about five foot two. And I think a lot of people notice that. Uh, I don't, I do, I haven't noticed it unless somebody points it out. I haven't noticed it since the moment I met him because of this. He showed up and we, we, he was at my parents' place up north, and we met him, and I was like a 13, 14-year-old kid at this point, and we say hello to him, and he'd just flown there and driven there. And he's like, okay. hey, I kind of want to do some exercise. He says to my brother Greg and I, we were thinking about going, I was thinking about going for a swim, 
And uh, would you guys like want to canoe alongside us? And we're like, canoe alongside you? He's like, yeah, I don't really know the lake and I'm just going to swim out a little bit. And everybody's like, yes, I, Greg, go ahead. Like they were just letting us go with this man into the middle of the lake that we just met. Uh, But so we did and we're like, we thought he'd just kind of swim a little lap. We get in the water and this motherfucker swam across the lake, the whole lake. I believe and it. Then, and then back. Yeah. And then got out of the water and was like, what else do you guys want to do? And we're like, oh, we're going to call him dad now. <laughs> we can't do anything. We're too tired from canoeing. That's right. And it wasn't, and he wasn't doing that to be like, I'll show you I'm tall. He's like, he's this incredibly active, interesting guy. Yes. But like, it was like, I remember meeting him and within one swim, we're like, he's the patriarch of our family now. This John yeah. fixes the decks. He makes the money and the decisions. Everybody call John daddy from now on. Cause he's the king. Yeah. He's uh, he's absolutely terrific. How tall is your sister? Um, she's, she's a tall woman. I think she's between 5'8 and 5'10. Oral sex joke alert. Come on. <laughs> Come on. I don't, I don't even have one. I just thought it'd be funny to say. We, so we were all, he wasn't there, but we were all up this past. <laughs> Hold on. Let me enjoy that. No. Stop. Yes. Let me laugh it out. Stop, stop trying to like jump on these laughs. It's, it's just let me have it. Thank you. I'm done. You're welcome. We were all up north. Hold on, Afterquake. <laughs> What's it called? Aftershock. Aftershock. <laughs> Afterquake. I live in Minnesota. <laughs> hey, did you guys hear about that Afterquake out California way last week? <laughs> An Afterquake. He must have stopped learning in the third grade. Just cut to Chad at a diner next week, taking his boot off, slapping it on the table, asking people like, "What's this? Afterquake." <laughs> The, my whole family this past week, or a big group of them, was up, up at my parents' place. Okay. And whenever that happens, we are kind of on, like, uh, you have to be careful with your personal information and uh, how you Tell me caring. about it. Because we're on practical joke alert. Uh, and, and we're not, like, anybody who's the eight people who have heard my stand-up comedy know that my family does that a lot. They play a lot of practical jokes. I and it, it all started with my dad, by the way. It's it's certainly his fault. I, I was 13 years old and we were out fishing on the lake, like probably 200 yards from shore, facing shore, right? And you can see all the way down the shoreline in both directions, the whole the whole of that side of the lake, right? Okay. And my friend Mike and I are sitting there fishing, and all of a sudden, our boat starts rocking, and I mean like. Re, like Jurassic Park Jeep shaking. Okay. We're like, what the, f-? we're freaking out. What the fuck is that? And then it stops. And we're looking around, we're looking into the water and then it starts shaking again. And we're like, what the fuck? We're like trying to grab oars. We have like no idea what's happening. It shakes again. We're, we're, we're trying to get out of there. I'm trying to pull up an anchor. All of a sudden my dad explodes out of the water and screams, scares the living shit out of us. <laughs> but here's the thing. We were in like 14 feet of water. We were 200 feet from shore. We could see in every direction. I don't know how the fuck my dad got into the lake. I don't know how far, like, how many miles down the shoreline he had to walk to, to like, turtle eyebrow his way out into the water 
out past our boat to come back behind us to pull that. And how he stayed underwater Kenny G style that long. It was incredible. <laughs> See, in my head, I'm hoping he was just in the boat the whole time. <laughs> like he painted himself the color of one side of the boat. And then he's like, the call is coming from inside the boat. <laughs> and he just scubas over and then immediately starts shaking the boat. I love that. I love thinking that's what happened. Well, it just it set this precedent from that moment on. I was like, well, I got to do stuff like that. That was yeah. just really, really impressive. I got to do stuff like that. So of the 12 people who've heard my material on my first album, I have this story ooh, about four, that. Ooh, four more it, it people bumped. started yeah, listening got a, during that I just story. Got a, I got a Pandora notification. Okay. Um, the uh, I tell the story about how as a prank I replaced my nephew's college application letter with some to Northwestern University with some really obscene shit. <laughs> and they accidentally sent it, and it oh, yes. it was a big issue. And so they're like, it got me thinking while I was up there about this. I've wanted to tell this story. I wanted to put it on the last album. It didn't fit. I want to put it in my next hour. It also doesn't fit. I don't know if I'll ever put it on an album, but I thought we have this show. Uh, yeah. I will tell this podcast, or I so will tell this story. Can I detour just for quickly a second? Yeah. So I also, it's very similar. My dad was a practical joker, um, and that's why I am a practical joker now. I remember one time he snuck up behind me and choked me against the wall because I mowed the lawn wrong. <laughs> oh, God, we laughed. We laughed so hard that day. But anyways, but anyways keep going. No, your family sounds great. <laughs> How many times do you think the audience is going to fall for the set them up, <laughs> something genuine, spin it around, my dad did something horrible? Like, I, I got to tell you, I, uh, I really like fishing. I remember my dad took me fishing, and we were on this great walleye lake, and he actually used me as bait. I had a great father. Yeah, no, he, um, I guarantee everyone's already done falling for it. <laughs> And I get, we just got so many eye rolls as soon as I started that, where I was like, my dad was a practical joker. I'm sure a lot of people went, Jesus Christ, here we go. I, here's the worst part I didn't. I was like, I wonder what he did. <laughs> I wonder what the joke was. Okay, tell uh, the story. But. So this is the sequel to that, um, that letter. So Because I instilled that prankness in my nephew. Sure. So when Tinder first came out, uh, <laughs> I hope you say something about an adult right now. I was an adult. Okay. And great. my nephew, uh, my nephew and his best friend, Joe told me about it. And I was like, that sounds great. But at the time, Tinder was only available on Apple products. And at the time I had a droid phone, but I had this old iPod. Droid. droid. And so I loaded, uh, tinder onto this old ipod that was at my sister's house tried it for a couple of weeks it was fine how old are you um probably 27 ish okay that this makes is, that makes sense this is right before i meet jenna okay so i i try it it's fine i fly back out to california where i'm living at the time it's the summer i meet jenna i forget about tinder right Okay. Flash forward to December of that year. Okay. I fly home. I'm coming home for Christmas. I come to the airport. I hop on the light rail. I take the light rail 
and I take it all the way down. I'm taking it down to, uh, I'm going to get off and I'm going to go do a set at Acme Comedy Company, right? Okay, yes. And uh, I'm sitting on the train and this guy is sitting in a seat next to me. He'd just gotten on and he is staring at me. Like he is like not turning away at all, staring at me to the point where I had to be like, hey man, uh, what's up? And he goes, sigh. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, Cy Amundsen. And I was like, well, you said it twice. That's not a good sign. Or it's a great sign. Maybe he's going to Acme Comedy Company to see your set. That was where my brain went. Because he goes, and he pointed to himself and he goes, Michael. And I was like, ah, shit. Like, I, cause, you know, you meet so many people when you're coming up doing stand up in a city. Yeah. You do all the open mics, you meet people afterwards. And I'm not great at remembering names and faces. And immediately I felt like an asshole. Do you know what was, my favorite game is ever? Hey, remember me? What's my name? <laughs> Can you just, like a goddamn grown up, <laughs> stick your hand out and reintroduce yourself so this isn't awkward for 10 hours? <laughs> Well, this is way worse because I apologized to him. I was like, dude, I'm sorry. I'm sure we met at Acme or something comedy related. I've, I've met so many people and I'm terrible at names and faces. And he looks at me and he goes, Michael. Like you can't. <laughs> this isn't fucking Beetlejuice, man. You can't Beetlejuice yourself into my memory. Like Michael, Michael, Michael. Ah, oh, Michael from Stella's Fish Cafe open mic. I got it. So I was like, dude, I don't remember hey, and he goes i hate to do this to you again shout out to ted brown manager at stella's fish cafe <laughs> what's up ted thanks for listening <laughs> and he goes from tinder and i go what the fuck did you just say <laughs> and he just looked at me like really aggressively and then turned his head away like he, I was a significant other. He was punishing and then got off at the next stop. And I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? And I had an iPhone now. I had switched carriers. So I rip out my iPhone. I re-download Tinder. I go into Tinder and I realize that when I left in June and left that iPod at my sister's house, my nephew Ethan and his best friend Joe... <laughs> Yes. They went into my Tinder account, changed my, they, they swiped to the right, liked, started a conversation with, became sexually explicit with, agreed to meet for intercourse, and then subsequently stood up like 350 gay men. Yeah. Three... <laughs> 350 like hey let's fuck and they picked a time and place to meet and then just no showed so to this day there are 350 gay men in our hometown that i promised to fuck and then just ghosted and i all time prank all time prank and i don't know there's nothing you can do about that you, yeah, there, the yeah way, there is. Yeah, there is. You talk the, to Jenna and you get approval to make this thing right. <laughs> <laughs> you and make I had a it right, Sai. 
I had a comic friend who's like, you shouldn't say, you shouldn't put that joke on an album. It makes you come off homophobic. I'm not homophobic. If I was a gay guy and they did it to the straight, it's the point isn't that they're gay people. The point is that I have sexually promised and disappointed 350 people. And I don't know, I don't know how you remedy that. And I'm certainly not going to bang my way to a solution. It just takes one. Reparations. No, that's not what reparations are at all. You take You're sitting one. at the wrong diner table currently. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if this counts as a prank or not, but uh, it, because I, I, because I, I wasn't planning it, so I guess it doesn't. Yeah. But I, I, I was in Miami one time at the Improv there. The oh comedy. my gosh, is this the Jeff Dunham story? It is. <laughs> Does this count as a prank? You think? No, this isn't a prank, but the pr- it's a, that was a good enough transition sentence, and this is one of my favorites. Let's okay. let's do it. Well, yeah, I just because I, I wanted to pay bales. I, I wanted to tell this for a while. Uh, so I'm opening for Jeff Dunham, and this is this is when Hurricane Katrina came out because I remember later that <laughs> night. <laughs> what do you mean? This is Hurricane Katrina wasn't an album. <laughs> No, but it but it was uh, Hurricane Julio for a very long time, and then became <laughs> Katrina. It was so. This is when Hurricane Katrina was passing through. Okay. Better. Okay. Yes, that's better. Because I remember being in Miami and sitting in a hot tub at the hotel and just having like purple skies, and Prince was playing in the background. It was so great, and I was all by myself because no one would talk to me in Miami. <laughs> that checks out. <laughs> that, that is true. Um, so I even went to a diner and I was like, hey, anybody want to be racist? <laughs> Just to try to find friends. Yeah. Uh, so I actually, um, so I'm on stage and the Miami Improv at the time was set up kind of weird because it's very shallow in front of you. There's maybe 40 people right in front of you, but then to the sides, there's like a hundred people on both sides. So you definitely have to keep moving. Okay. Um, and so I'm up, I'm opening for Jeff Dunham and, uh, and I'm not getting any laughs at all. Zero, zero laughs. And people start yelling like, uh, jalapeno, honestique. They start like yelling (laughs) his stuff. And so, I'm starting to get upset by that. I just, all I'm picturing right now is a Venn diagram. And on one of a, one of the circles, it says Jeff Dunham type material. And on the other circle, it says Chad Daniels type material. And the circles are just in different notebooks. Yeah, not touching even clearly. That was the most divorced sentence you've ever said to me. <laughs> oh, somebody knows what a Venn diagram is. Welcome to therapy. Um, okay, so... <laughs> So I'm on stage and I, I have to go. I have to do my time because I want to get paid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm doing 25 minutes. And at the end, I'm like 23 minutes in. We want Walter. Yeah, people keep screaming. And so finally, I'm so frustrated that they're not even giggling at me. I take my shoe off and my sock and I put the sock on my hand and start doing a puppet act <laughs> with my sock. And there's probably some people right now listening, and they're Jeff Dunham fans. And let me just tell you, maybe don't tell your friends to listen to this podcast. (laughs) So 
So I'm doing like the joke and I'm like, I think I'm killing, right? <laughs> and and one part was great. I, I took a glass of water and poured it into my socks mouth, which I didn't think had ever been done. Because you see a lot of ventriloquists drinking water and talking or whatever. I poured it into my socks mouth and then went, hey, you guys, (laughs) like that. It was, in my opinion, fantastic. And so I get off stage. The manager comes in the back. I am still relishing in the fact that this happened. I mean, I am glowing, right? The manager comes back. He goes, hey, just so you know, um, now Dunham's on stage. And he goes, just so you know, you know, Jeff's writing partner is in Fort Lauderdale this week. So we're just going to switch you guys because he wanted to be closer <laughs> to him. And I go, that's for sure not what's happening. But after the show, if you could just tell Jeff to come back and fire me. Right. Let's be grownups about it. I know I'm fired. I expected to get fired, but I had kind of had it. And he goes, okay, yeah, that's no problem. So Jeff comes back, super nice dude to me. He was super nice even after all that, right? And he, of course, murdered, sold, you know, thousands of dollars worth of merchandise after the show. Comes in the back and he just goes, hey, clearly this isn't going to work. And I go, completely agree. You know, your fans do not like my material. I completely get it. So I go, I just wanted to uh, say thanks for the opportunity and thank you for coming back here and handling this. And he goes, yep, no problem. And we shook hands and I go, you could definitely use that water thing if you want. (laughs) I never tell comedians they can use material, but I don't know that I'll ever pour water into my socks mouth again. So I was like, that's yours. You can have that. You can keep that. The only way this story could have been better is if you were like waiting for Jeff Dunham to come back and then through the door, Walter (laughs) just pops in. (laughs) Listen here, you son of a bitch. I've had a bit enough of you, Ted. You're fired. And then Jalapeno kicked in. I don't know about firing him. He's doing a pretty good job. Honestique. <laughs> Is there a more racist act that a white person gets away with? No. No. Did you hear about his new puppet? Is it uh, Ahmad the, the dead terrorist? No, he's got this. Uh, he's got he, this. Hold on. Wait a second. Jesus Christ. How do you hear the words I just said, dismiss it, and go right into your thing? That's a real puppet that he has. I it's know. like Ahmed or Ahmad or... Ahmad, I think. Something however, like that. But he pronounces it... Akbar. It's something shitty, he, yeah. But he pronounces it wrong, and yeah. it's even more racist. It's that guy, the dead terrorist. Yeah, no, his, his new puppet, and he's been testing it at diners, is this canoe full of Ethiopians. <laughs> <laughs> I, can I tell you something? And I'm I, a king. I'm a king for that joke. I have never, ever in my life fallen for some stupid shit you were about to do until that moment. <laughs> and I'm mad at myself. I'm upset with myself. And I want to find my third grade teacher and tell her she was wrong. <laughs> I have to go. All right. Hey. I think you and I are just a couple of guys that really are anti-racist and agree on that, and we form this tight bond in this world of like-minded, morally, ethically, like, strong people. And I just, I love you for that, and uh, and you feel similar, so. 
I just, I just think that this was a really fun episode. I think we kind of let loose a little bit, got off the stories a little bit and kind of went with, you know, really what was happening, uh, this week in our lives. And, uh, and now let's get off the stories and say how you feel. Yep. And I, uh, feel great. Hey, if you guys like this, uh, there will be a new episode next Monday and every single Monday at 8 a.m., so click the subscribe button so your phone sends it to you without having to do any work.